Hey, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, Scott. Me, Ron. And me, PJ. Cue the music. Keep on Sunnyside, always on. And we're back. Yeah, we didn't really go away. We, did, we, we, we haven't gone away for the people that are listening, but we've gone away for us because we okay. do these fortnightly. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. Um, right. Look, I am going to. I've, I've mentioned before. I'm going to New York and and on for the New York Comic Convention, which right. is uh, from Tuesday to. But you're not at Thought Bubble this weekend. I'm not at Thought Bubble. Is that, this is that why? Is was it a, a one or the other? No, it was I, right. So New York was really because a lot of people pushed and going. You should go to New York, and I kind of went. Oh, all right. And my mate Rob, who uh, Rob Williams, who writes uh, Suicide Squad and all sorts of things, said, "Come on, we'll go to New York. We'll share a room. It'll be great. It'll be great." And I, if I can avoid it now, I don't really want to go to conventions because. Okay. Um, I used to love going to conventions because I, I I could treat them as jolly. They were I was working at a day job. I could pay for I'd earn money from comics. I'd take that comics money and just go to a convention and go right. I'd just potter around, have a nice time, chat to all my friends, and then leave. There was no yeah. uh, no agenda there. And in the early days of comics, it was unless you were publishing something. You couldn't really make money at them. Yeah. But now you can go to a show and you can do sketches and you can do pre-organized sketches and stuff. And you can make quite good money. Some people make a fortune at these shows. Um, some people make uh, like two or three grand by selling prints and so on. And I, I've seen guys make, you know, three grand selling prints of characters. They've never drawn professionally. It's just people buy prints yeah. at, that, at that point they were. So New York is an expensive, expensive trip. I went there, there I think, 2006, I think, was the first year I went to New York Comic Con. And at that point, Annette and I went over, uh, the pair of us went over, it was like $600, or £600 for the flights for both of us, and it was $600 to stay there. It was dirt cheap, because yeah. the, the pound to the dollar was $2 to the pound. You know, oh, yeah, and yeah, 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 and yeah. I, I would just sort of, I was still in my day job then, so it was kind of, you know, it was didn't matter if what I was going to do was potter around. And I, I got a little bit of work and a little bit of sniff and stuff out of it. And I kept going back every year for a few years. And then eventually it just became, this is an expensive thing. I can't guarantee any work. I should not go to this. So um, a while ago, Rob said to me, come on out to New York. Um, have a few beers. Have a laugh. Um, and and I went, yeah, all right. then." so I booked it. It was like 350 quid. I thought, okay, that's fine. It was far enough in advance. I didn't need to worry about it. But it's coming up like a freight train now, and I'm just he, he Rob looked find somewhere to stay, and he said, "Look, here's where we're staying. This hotel here is close to all the venues." And I'm going, "What about this um, this uh, Airbnb that's like, you know, like a train ride away? That's thirty thirty quid a, mo- a night." He's going, "No, this place here is good, seven hundred and fifty for the full week." I'm going, uh, "Okay." And the thing, right when I left my day job. To work in comics. When I worked in a day job, right, I would get to the end of every month and go, I am broke now. I'd need to borrow 30 or 40 quid off my dad. And then I'd pay him back as soon as I got paid. And that was my existence. It was kind of hand to mouth a bit, but I knew where my income was. I knew what it was. Uh, when I left a day job to do comics professionally, I had about s- six grand in the bank or something, I think. And that felt like that would last me six months. It felt like at that point, a, a thousand pound a month was a good sort of budget. And I thought, well, 
you know, no matter what happens, that's that's the thing I'll stick with. So I've had this in my head at all points. I need three, four months worth of money in the bank. And the moment it dips below that, I start having major panic attacks. Yeah. And, it, and it's about, um, and I, I actually, I'm throwing that, aw- that phrase around too loosely. I don't have major panic attacks. I start worrying a little bit. And, and the worse it gets, the, the, the more worried I get. Because the problem is that when you work freelance, I'll let you speak in a minute, Ron, if you want to. <laughs> it's all right. I'm just here stroking a dog. <laughs> um, yeah, when you work freelance, um, if you don't have work, right? Say you've got no work right now, and uh, it's it's the first of January, and you scout around looking for work, and you find some work, and it's the a month later, and you get given some work, and you go, "This is great. I'll do this work." And it takes you a month to do the work, and then it takes them another month to pay you if you're lucky. So you're talking three months from having no work whatsoever to getting any paid money. So you need at least yeah. three months to cover that kind of period where you're you're sort of dipping into savings and and, and, and things. And I've been very lucky in the past... Um, I've been doing this 10 years now professionally as a, as a comic artist. Uh, I haven't really... I've had times where some of my years have been worse than others. Uh, we A couple of years ago, I was earning 14 grand. Um, last year was a really good year, but then this year's turned into a really bad year again and it, and now I've got the tax owed from the last year and, and I know I've got this thing coming up and I am sitting on maybe in my bank right now about a month's worth of money to, to do me and and even then that's not that that's that's a month worth of worth of optimistic money if we don't need to buy anything and nothing happens. That's like bills paid bare minimum. And I I'm kind of I'm looking at this and I and I I'm in a decent position. I've got a job at the moment, and I know how much money that's going to pay. And they're due to pay me, and maybe this week or next week. But it, it, the amount of money they're going to pay me is just about going to be enough. You know, it's it's yeah. a month's worth of money, and then I'm going to New York. It's going to cost two grand. I'm going to pay that off, and then I'm going to f- have a tax bill in December, and I don't know what that is. Try not to think. I'm having. I see right now. I have never felt more shit up me. Than than now about that, and and I'm genuinely sometimes sitting thinking, if I give, if I just paid Rob them hotel money, I wouldn't have to go to this, <laughs> because it would it would be that's a sunk cost. I've lost that money anyway. Yeah. But at least I won't be spending any more money when I'm well, there. All of this but is just preamble, listener. We're going to start charging for this shoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ten pound to download. <laughs> no, I mean I don't, and I'm, I don't mean anyone to feel. I mean I'm very much in a in a think of my own choosing really uh and and i i'm, I'm kind of scampering around for uh, emailing people and trying to figure out can i have a meeting do you want to have a meeting i think rob's going just email people ask them for a meeting i'm going that's not that's not a thing i can do that's not because a, a writer can go i should have a meeting with this, these people to show them some work an artist can go i will wave my work at you now you can tell you know now yeah. you can tell if i'm, I'm someone you want to work with uh and the the there are because of the way uh, I mean, there are organized artist portfolios. So if you have an artist portfolio, you show you leave it somewhere, and that's that's about it. So I'm, I'm just I'm I'm feeling very like I need to organize this week that's coming up and and do something for it. And on the other hand, on the other hand, aside from all that, I'm feeling quite good about my artwork at the moment. <laughs> it's it's coming out very nicely, and I'm very happy with it, and it and it's good, and I feel confident that. I mean, I'm, I'm, the job I'm doing at the moment is about twenty pages a month on the deadline. That's like twenty. That's like ha- That's you know, that's a two thirds of my capacity as an artist. I can draw more than that. But they're you know, so it's it's anyway. Help me. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm well, having, I'm really panicking about travel. I've always panicked about travel, right? I, I like from the first time 
um, I ever went anywhere with. Um, so you go, you know, m- your mum and dad take you places in the car, and I would feel travel sick the entire time. So I don't count those. But like the first time I ever went away from my parents on a, on a holiday was with um, Balnafai Community Group, which is just around the corner from where okay. I live now. And it was uh, all these kids were going to, I think it was Newcastle or somewhere like that. And um, I was maybe 11 or 12 or something. I was kind of homesick and didn't want to leave. No, I was younger than that. Um, I didn't really want to go. And they gave me... Everyone had, like, a bag to carry clothes in. That's one of these broadened horizons of these urban kids. Get them out. Catholics and Protestants together. Sniff a dog. I never got any of that. Like, I know people who went to America for six weeks. I don't know if this was Catholics and Protestants together. This was Balnafai. I think it it was generally mixed anyway, but they weren't specifically trying to mix you. Um, But you you never... So you're just... No, no. Like, pretty much everybody that I work with was like, oh, whatever you call that American thing that they did, where they put, like... Half Protestants, half Catholics, sent them all away for six weeks, and like free holiday to America. It wasn't even uh, an option at our. Ju- no, you're saying you didn't. No. You're saying that you're upset that you didn't get sent on a Catholic Protestant holiday in yeah. in America. I think I would be less. I think I would be. I think I would be less bigoted. You would if I'd have been, <laughs> if I'd have been, if I'd have been sent away. See, I would. I would weigh that. <laughs> you're you're not getting a free trip to America with Catholics yeah. and Protestants decided by a school and a whole group of other people. I'd weigh that up against Ron not going to Disneyland because <laughs> his parents decided not to bring him. No, I, I feel he's he's more hard done well, I by. Mean, my, my school tried to organise you know trips away with a Catholic, a Catholic school. But we're all middle class kids. Yeah, I mean, that's so fair. Yes, so like, are we. Yeah. It's all really the same. It's yeah. all... <laughs> <laughs> it's no, more class divide than it is a religious I do tend to think of myself as a working class kid who went to a middle class school, but um, everyone else kind of has money. Uh, I yeah. didn't grow up with money. Yeah. But, you know, these these seem to be fairly well-off kids from Dublin. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't really feel like it was sort of hands across the barriers. You know? yeah. <laughs> it, it was really seeing how rich kids lived in Dublin versus seeing how rich kids lived in yeah. Lisbon. You know? I mean, yeah, I, th- I, mean, I, I don't know if there... Because there was an awful lot of that for a while. I do remember lots of that stuff happening. People yeah. going away and, and, you know, let's all go together and stuff. And, yeah, when and our, our school trips in high school consisted of... You could either go on the ski trip, and that's what all the cool kids mm-hmm. went on, and you'd hear stories of the ski trip coming back when everybody was getting drunk and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't want to go skiing because yeah, I, you I just, just couldn't handle your liquor. I never even asked my parents. It was just like skiing just seemed like something aliens no, did. I didn't. Yeah, I did not want to go skiing <laughs> at all. And because my parents asked, they said, "Do you want to go on the ski trip?" I was like, "No." There is hundred I mean, percent. No, I don't Belfast, want to go on the ski there's trip. There's not many opportunities to go skiing. No, and it's so it's ludicrously expensive. So the next trip that came up, yeah. they were like, "Do you want to go on this school trip?" Uh-huh. I was like, well, yeah, what is it? Fine. And it was a week-long French cooking course in Toulouse. You've okay. told us about this? Have, Have I? Yeah, I think you've told us about this. You're no, well, I mean, I went on my school French trip. Oh, really? But the most exciting thing about that was that the, the, the guy's room that we stayed in, he had like, just left his pornography just lying <laughs> lying in the in the bed beside, well, in the, sort of the bedside cabinet. And uh, me and my friend, uh, I won't say his name for reasons that become clear, mm-hmm. but uh, me and my friend had to share a double bed. Uh-huh. But many years later, and I was kind of, I, I was I was fascinated by this pornography, and he wasn't that interested in it. And then many years later, I discovered that he was gay. Okay. <laughs> so like, yeah, lots of things were kind of you know different about that weekend. Do you think it was sleeping <laughs> in that bed beside you that that confirmed for him? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that probably added a few more years of doubt onto the. <laughs> <laughs> what I do remember about the pornography was that there was a little blue dot at the end of every penis. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like 
they're just trying to like censor this one little piece of uh, <laughs> and, and I, I couldn't figure out for the life of me why so we can see everything else but the little, <laughs> but the, 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 oh, the little hole there yeah that, that was, was it co- was it was it covering the hole well it, it was covering the end of the so, well, I suppose any any uh, penetration was covered by this tiny oh, little dot right, okay, yeah. okay. and all I could think was it was like pornography with training wheels <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was going to move up to the, the big well, boys don't they do that in Japan doesn't pornography in Japan don't they pixelate the I just figured that's what the women look like. <laughs> <laughs> that seems racist. I don't. Know, I don't know. I mean, he he could have went in another direction. Yeah, literally, yeah, so it's, it's the man too. Yeah. Um. So no, right. So the 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 trip that I this community group were, were sending me on. So everyone had nice carry on bags. I had a black bin bag. Right? <laughs> I had a bloke with some spare clothes in it. So they left it behind, uh, thinking... Of course it's they did. Yeah, thinking that it was rubbish at the side <laughs> yeah, of the road. It yeah. was rubbish. So they left it behind. So, we so went, where did you go we on went, this trip? I think it was Newcastle or somewhere. Right, we okay, were staying, okay, okay, we okay. Were staying in tents, I think, and um, for the weekend. And there, of course, there's no mobile phones then. And, you know, it was, it was you're away from your parents for two days. And we went to this beach, and one of the things they had on the beach where they had... Um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, motorbikes with three wheels. What are they, tri- what are they yeah, called? Trike. Trikes. Yeah, trike. So they had trikes. And they were getting all the kids to have a go. And they said, do you want to go? And I went, yeah, all right. And so I got on this thing. And I I, I was trying to steer it and steered it straight into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I got right up to my waist. So this thing, and I, didn't, I mean, I might have probably wrecked I was, the I was, I was thinking, how the fuck did you get up to your waist? And then I remembered it's you. So yes, it's not, yeah, that's yeah, not it's quite not far out. Yeah. Well, it went pretty far. It just veered left <laughs> towards the ocean. It went straight into the sea. I got... I, <laughs> I came out. I spent the rest of that holiday in a tent with wet, no no dry clothes, because all my clothes were left behind. <laughs> this is my favourite laughter, silent laughter. <laughs> That's my favourite. Um, and <laughs> the, that was uh, that was. And then I thought, I I I'm not. Go- this was not good. Newcastle sucks. S- <laughs> my second experience of a holiday was going um, with school. I, I was in first year. So I'm, you know, you're 11 or something first year. Uh, going on first year and not wanting to go. Didn't want to go on holiday. Didn't want to go anywhere. My parents insisting because I was the eldest and thinking this would be good. It was a tour all around Europe. And do you know what I'll do for you? Because it was such a notable event that the Belfast Telegraph took a photo. And there's a photo of on the Belfast Telegraph of me with all these other kids oh, and God. four teachers. <laughs> 40 kids and four teachers. Right, and and we drove all over Europe, right, including past uh, France's red light district. When I was eleven, didn't know what I was looking at. Going, I don't understand any. Why is this so interesting? And and it was horrible. I had to phone my, my parents. Phoned me every day, no matter where we went to. They phoned wherever we were staying, and I was the only one who was talking to their parents every day. Oh, it was just awful. It was awful. I've never had a problem with traveling until recently. Like not not recently, as in like the last couple of months, but like the last. Five, ten years maybe. I've only gotten like travel anxiety, like sitting on the plane, being uncomfortable. Like, yeah. oh, I don't like, I don't well, like I, being I on the plane or anything again. like that. I, I stopped. That's, I, that's when I stopped traveling anywhere until I was about thirty. I think. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I did some trips to England in mid nineties, so it was about twenty five. It hasn't so, stopped but, me traveling, yeah. but it definitely is less. I, I, fi- I, f- I mean, I, I find the best thing for me to do about traveling is not even consider it. I I get my tickets booked and I don't even think about it and then Annette goes, Do you know you're going to like China tomorrow morning? <laughs> and I'm going, Oh shit, is that tomorrow? Oh yeah, yeah, I suppose I better So I don't I don't even I, I try not to process it, I just let it happen. Um but 
I, this isn't the trip to New York. Isn't about money. It isn't about the trip to New York so much as it's about all the money it's going to cost and justifying me going and and suddenly thinking, fuck, I this is a mistake. I shouldn't be doing this, and and then feeling ill. Just constantly. but at least it's not like it's a holiday. There is a no, chance no, of I, getting there, like there, 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 it isn't, but isn't. But I've been before, so I know what it is like. You know, it's and it's, yeah. You know, but anyway. So you, you, how do you deal with with traveling when you're going in? I just like, I don't really do anything to deal with it. I just sit in my uncomfortable stew and <laughs> and and go with it. I don't. Tano I don't, okay I don't really have traveling to, or hmm? okay. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Not a problem. What's, what's the furthest to field you've gone then? Well, we went on our honeymoon. We went to San Francisco and oh, LA. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the That's flight. That's pretty big deal. Yeah, that that flight was the flight there was grim. The flight on the way back, I slept for, I'd say ninety percent of it. Yeah. Um, but on the way there, I just get myself into these, like I need a routine, mm. and if I'm going to be on a plane for, if, uh, I think the flight was, I think like twelve and a half hours or something mm. like that, direct from London, um, and it, I I was looking at the films on the the screen and I saw that they had, The Hobbit. <laughs> on the thing and I thought right if I watch why the Hobbit, punish myself further but it, <laughs> in my head I was like right that's only three viewings of the Hobbit yeah okay okay <laughs> so that's, I, not, that's what we have to tell her like when we were driving somewhere Nathan or Thomas would go daddy how far is it I need to, you know it's another hour and a half ago how many episodes yeah. of uh, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants is yeah, that like You're three five yeah three or four so um, so I so I put the Hobbit on three times and I watched, and I watched, so and tried to sleep. So I knew that when I woke up, I mean, you went, could have watched The Hobbit and then the second one and the third they one. They didn't have the second one and the third oh, one. Oh, they, they only had the first, the first one. one. Yeah, they only cruel, had the first cruel. one. I know, but uh, you had I know. To, uh, but I, like, I get that. I, I, just, I get quite panicky because it's a space where, not that I want to leave, but yeah. I'm like, if I did decide that I didn't want to be here anymore, if I'm in work, if I'm at home, yeah, I can yeah, just yeah, get up and somewhere. leave. Yeah, yeah, I'm somewhere. in a tube, 33,000 th- feet. On, I'm only good with traveling if uh, I have money and I've got a base of operations somewhere. I mean, when I say I've got money, it's like, look, no matter what the problem is, I've got my card here. I can just sort it out and then that'll be it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not really a problem. I, I mean, I've sorted out my health insurance. Uh, I've got to go down to the, the flight from Dublin. Is it at 8.50 in the morning? So I've got to go down to Dublin. At, like I'm probably going to get the three thirty bus. Yeah, it's yeah. like if I'm going to go somewhere, I will like if I you know if somebody says to me you're going traveling tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning, I go right, take me to the airport right this second now, <laughs> so I can just wait in the airport to go. And you know yeah. when, when Sunday comes when I'm heading back, it will be when's your flight? I'll be like it's almost ten o'clock at night. I'll go okay. Well, so you're going to stay for the show and then you're going to get something to eat? And no, I'm just going to go to the airport and wait there for yeah. 10, 12 hours, <laughs> whatever it is. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to check out and piss off to the airport and sit in it for hours. And I will spend all day in the airport in New York just so I know I'm in the airport for New York. Ready, and, and you're not going to get yeah, you're not going to get stuck. Yeah, that's my way. What about you? Ron? I haven't left the UK or Ireland in ten years. Where did you go before that? Uh, well, I went on my honeymoon. Okay, well too, I can yeah. see that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> 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 a lot of bad memories associated with uh, any sort of traveling. I, I went to Tuscany. Um, uh-huh. Tuscany, and, oh. and, and that was lovely. Yeah, and then I never went anywhere else. Ever yeah. again. <laughs> and have you never been anywhere before that? I mean, I, I, before that, I think that. Well, I went to Rome before that, and then I went to. I was in Chicago in two thousand four. That was 
the best holiday I ever was had. Was Chicago for an Apple thing or something? Or no, was Chicago just... was just, I just wanted to go to Chicago. So uh, me and okay, a couple that, of friends decided to go to Chicago. That's a fairly random... Do you know what? It's still the best place I've ever been in my life. I loved it there. I would it's live a there. very small amount of places, though, you've been. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really Chicago, better than Rome and Tuscany. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I would. I, I would I'd agree. imagine like Rome, Disneyland, but Rome. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Rome and Tuscany are not the sort of holidays that I want to ever go on. They're not the holidays that, that interest me. Yeah. I mean, people always say, oh, there's so much history and, uh, <laughs> you know, so much, so much art. <laughs> And yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, everything's old and crumbling. <laughs> uh, Timmy do a shiny city where everything's made of steel and uh, glass, <laughs> and I'm super happy. Yeah. I now here's the thing: when when I event when Annette and I eventually did our first holiday, because we didn't really do holidays. I I would have gone to a couple of shows in England from '97 or so, and then in 2000 or something, we ha- I had money, and I went. Do you know what? If we're going to go on a holiday, let's go on a holiday and Annette's uncle was living in Hong Kong at the time I said let's go to Hong Kong let's go to Hong Kong and we went and booked and we went booked uh, Bangkok and Singapore and Hong Kong so we did all of that in about a fortnight or something it was like that was a proper holiday that was good that we enjoyed that city breaks are for us not not you know I I would rather uh, we did we went to Chinese when Nathan was a baby and um, was he that bad? You had to get away. Oh my god! Yeah, well, yes. We said, "Son, stay here. We're going to Tunisia. We'll be back <laughs> soon." Um, no, uh, he came with us. It was a all inclusive thing. It was the first time we had a holiday after Nathan was born. It was like, like he was three, I think, and Nathan was a really he was a nightmare child. Um, unbeknownst to us, he had uh, Asperger's, and that made it more difficult for mm. him to sleep and stuff and and uh, he you know he had needed constant attention he had to watch everything he was doing and um it meant that like god we went to port rush one one night and we were at three o'clock in the morning walking him out in the street trying to get him to sleep and, it, and i just went let's go home tomorrow <laughs> i know we booked two days but let's just go home tomorrow so i couldn't imagine going on holiday somewhere well, and then going hannah let's has just forget that let's hannah has inadvertently terrified me about traveling with ralphie I, I think ralphie would be and hannah's flown with him to scotland a couple of times yeah. because her sisters live there um and he's been grand no bother at all but hannah said that on the, fir- the first time she was flying him over there it got a little bit turbulent and the thought <gasps> that came into oh. her head yeah. was he hasn't chosen to be here okay i've i've made the choice to fly and that's a choice that i've made and i'm okay with that but yeah. he didn't choose to come on this holiday it's pretty dark i know it's pretty dark and if, and if something happens that's on me because uh, because he, he he didn't choose to come yeah, on this holiday I mean, and not honest, there's an awful lot of things kids have to do they don't choose to do. I, I, yeah i know i know but it's just in the nose in primary one I mean, <laughs> you know. but it's the first it's the first like the problem, the, i mean it's that that's essentially going i this child might die and it's my fault yes that's that's yeah. what's going on yeah there. but it's, it's but it's in simple. a situation that i never would have assumed that it was my fault before I would have went, <laughs> right, like, okay. as, you know what I mean? As the plane's going yeah. down, it's like, well, there's nothing I could have done just to... It's like, Ralphie, well, you, you could have, well, you we could have could. left him at home. I oh, could have yeah. left him with the grandparents. Yeah, you could have chose not to come on a plane. Who, You know, you could have chose... Yeah, it's, that's nuts. Yeah, that's I nuts. think we'll, prob- we'll probably try and take him away somewhere. Yeah. I mean, no. first of all, how many planes does Scotland crash? Not that many. Lockerbie. Dude, I, yeah, I know. I was just going to say it. <laughs> 
<laughs> my brother used to go to Cork all the time to see my other brother. My youngest brother, who was about 11 or 12 uh, at the time, used to go travel down to Cork all the time to see uh, our other brother, who was living down there. And at the time, the Cork flights, there were flights from Belfast to Cork. And my dad used to send him down on his own all the time until the Cork plane crashed and killed two or three people. Yeah. My, brother, my, brother-in-law, my brother-in-law was supposed to be on that flight. Really? Yeah, he, just, he took the notion that morning and decided to drive. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we've done this bit before. <laughs> it's not a bit. This, I know, but we're talking about... Okay, well, yeah, but we're talking about travel. We're talking about transit and worrying about flights. It's not It's not a bit. It's a, have, it's has, a proper worry. Have, I mean, have you always had this um, attitude towards money? Before, or has, is it something that's come along is, since your kids? This is a freelance thing. This is a purely well, a freelance it, That's why thing. I, I could, I, at this point in my life, I couldn't be freelance. Yeah. I just couldn't. I could make more money. Yeah. Freelance, I could probably make a lot more money freelance, well, but I could not deal with the stress of being freelance. I just couldn't I think, do it. It's I mean, not worth it. Here, here's the thing I love doing. I love getting down and working. I love just working. Yeah. I, love, I love being left alone to work. And if money came into my account and went out and I didn't have to think about it, I would. that would be the yeah. happiest I'd ever be. If I just, you know, I mean... It, it's nearly like that now because I never see any of my money just comes in. All my bills are direct debit. I don't need to think about them. They just go out. And Annette goes, oh, should we get this? And I go, yeah, whatever. Take my card. Um, so I, I'm just sitting drawn. That's all I really yeah. want to do. But there, but that only works whenever I know there's a kind of, uh, I'm in a liquid position. And and that, I think, only works if you've got a fighting fund put away. I mean, if you were going to go freelance, it would really be about making sure you've got that fighting fund and, and trying to figure out how much you could earn. And, and, yeah. And whether I just don't think I have that. And how, how, to, how to make it, because your income goes way up and then way down and way up and yeah. way down nope, again. No, no thanks. And it's just, it's a, nope. it's a horrible, it's a horrible aspect of the job, really. Yeah. Um, and I do not enjoy it. Because um, my... I, we, had a, we had a plumber arrive in our house one time and... I can't remember what, what what how the conversation came around to this, but I was sort of generally bemoaning the whole freelance life because he was a freelancer as well. And he says to me, "Ah, you'll be out of it in a year, though. I can't see you lasting." <laughs> 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 I'm like, "Fuck you, fuck you! Uh, I'm gonna keep going." Yeah, just to yeah. prove that just plumber wrong. The fuck you, complete stranger who I've let into my house and has decided to judge me. <laughs> fuck you, you're wrong about me. And, and if he's pro- listening, and he knows where you live. To be honest, you're probably right about yeah. me. But now you've said that. <laughs> fuck you. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I, I would step out of it in a heartbeat. If someone were to say to me, "Hey, you can do the same job you're doing, but also you're not working for yourself anymore. You're working for me, and your income's going to be fixed, and it's going to be less than your average is by thirty percent," I would go. I can budget around that. That's yeah, fine. Let yeah. me do that. That would be good. Except jobs like that don't exist. That's no. the big problem is jobs like that do not exist. Um, there is no... I mean, I, I kind of constantly think about it. What would I do if I needed to have a day job now? And 10 years ago, it would have been, I'll go back into computers. And now it's like, I can't I can't even imagine what I would do. It's just like, I'm out of computers 10 years. Maybe, I don't know. Software testing. Software testing is yeah, that? Yeah, I don't have a degree. You don't have to. You do not. No. Mm. Everybody I know was a software tester, and uh-huh. none of them had any. One of them has a degree. Yeah. What does uh, that no, pay? A couple, no, a, a couple How well does that pay? It pays pretty well. I might do that. I might <laughs> look it up. <laughs> I look. I do. I do. I mean, every so often, when my money dips below a certain amount, I start going. What can I do for a day job? Yeah. I start looking up a CV. I, I couldn't thinking. do anything for a day job. Could you not? I'm f- no, I'm fucked. If if, yeah, if it all goes your tits only up. single skill is yeah. coloring. Yeah. I'd have to go. I'd, I'd and it's so weirdly I, specific. I know. 
Genuinely, yeah. I'd have to go. So I'd have to move somewhere else. Yeah. And whether or not Hannah and Ralphie would I'd come, come with, with me, or whether they'd stay here. Yeah. Well, you're grand as long as this color film yeah. phase <laughs> keeps going. Yeah. As long as people are still, still not going to go back to the black and whites. <laughs> I, d- um, I think AI might fuck you up. I, I can't. Well, you say it can't. I think it might do. No. I mean, at some point, someone's going to go. Hey, why don't we just program an AI to instantly colorize everything? Because it's like twelve it, or thirteen don't defaults. Say Scott's coming out in a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it because mm. it's it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, you're going to say creative choices. Uh, but no, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Shut up, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen stupid. I've seen CAD machines draw and they can do it too. Yeah. Um I've seen, no, there's an app there's an app, I think it's called Prisma. And when it first came out and it, it uses AI to redraw things and it take a photo and then it'll draw Oh it yeah, as, I remember yeah, I remember this style. app, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. remember looking at the black and white stuff and going, Fuck, we are done. Yeah. There's nothing for us to do here. This is like I'll take a photo of stuff and put it through this little app and it'll it'll make those choices. And all yeah. you're left with is the form of something, the shape of it. So, yeah. like, there there are two... I, I always think of drawing, there are two things. There are the form of things that you're drawing and then the rendering that you use for that those drawings. So, um, you can you can draw, render something in a super realistic style and have the form of it look really ridiculous and cartoony, which is where you get the uh, Homer Simpson as a real person kind of yeah, thing. Ugh, yeah. yeah, which is really disturbing. And or, or the other way around, you can take something that looks really realistic and render it in a really super cartoony way. Um, and th- that software seems to take care of the rendering of things. It, it gives you a bunch of different rendering styles. And I didn't think it would do a comic artist out of a job, but what I did think it would do would allow... Uh, people who write articles for magazines yeah. to f- furnish it with illustrations based on photos. Yeah. And uh, and it would do illustrators out of yeah. job. Subjective. That's the word I'm thinking of. There's subjective. a subjective side of things. Yeah, because yeah. uh, like I, I can color to a natural skin tone, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's not a particularly interesting looking image. And that would be where you'd be able to have a button to hit go, right... Make everybody's skin tone look the way it does, and have Random, the have the, have the, the light. Tone. I, I guess what the argument would be though is that it, while you are manually doing that, somebody could come along and dial in roughly what they want, and then yeah, I would take over from there and just color everything from that yeah, point. Then on. you just have to pay me a lot of money to dial in what you want, and then I'll go home half day. <laughs> dial in, I, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, grade like one grade one scene, and then go home and have a computer do the rest of it. There's an awful lot of stuff that I think like you know computers will be able to handle and. Uh, you sort of need to figure out where your niche is that uh, yeah it can't be taken away from you. Can I? Yeah, I, d- I mean, I think I think. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you. I mean, your your job, Ron, is there's quite a lot of manual stuff to it. There is, but, but I mean, but a lot of it's a lot of it's been taken away by the fact computers are so closed off and so. You know, because in my day, you would have got something out and started soldering things. Yeah. Nowadays, less of that. I absolutely think. I mean, an awful lot of what. I do in a day to day basis could be five ten years obsolete, you know, mm-hmm. just not just not applicable. Things like running servers, you know, or sorting out data, you know, you know, data cabinets and stuff like that. Well, yeah. if everything's running in the cloud, you don't need a server. But, but the job you do though is there's a certain amount of, you know, oh let us consult with the wizard for we do not know what this does. Yeah, the, yeah there's a certain amount of that where. No, no, you can buy a box that does that. No, 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 we must consult with the wizard. Well, yeah, I mean that that's that's the gatekeeper-y sort of yeah. side of side of the job where it is as much as you moan about um clients not 
been able to sort of wipe their own asses when it comes yeah. to stuff. It is kind of the, the your raison d'etre is yeah. to is to kind of um, yeah. Because once they start wiping their own asses, your rag on a stick suddenly becomes quite obsolete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so really, you you really do want to kind of uh, keep them not keep them stupid. I mean, I you know I I quite enjoy empowering people to be able to yeah. do stuff for themselves. But then there's always going to be something beyond but their can, does, beyond their abilities, you know. Even if it does all move to the cloud, there's going to be that one night whenever somebody logs in to do something and it's not working, and there needs to be somebody. Yeah, but what if that all could be diagnosed from the cloud? What if you just type in a thing and say, "Right, what's wrong with my system?" And then some AI engineering thing just does a scan of your network and goes, "Here's what the problem is," and fixes it. You know, mm. I mean, there's, mm. we we have tools like that in computers now. Uh, that, that have you ever tried Windows Diagnostics? <laughs> it's well, Windows Diagnostics is very bad, but Apple's Diagnostics is very good at telling you what's mm-hmm. wrong with the disk, you know. And you know, you extrapolate out to network problems and various other issues that you know. If the tool is written to do the diagno- di- diagnosing, then all you really need to do is press that button. And if it's a simple fix, how are we then... all going to earn money though? Well, that's that's the problem, We're isn't all it? Screwed, I mean, aren't we? You know. That's not the concern of corporations, but it is the concern of governments. You would think that would be the case, but it really isn't. It doesn't feel like that's the case. It's not yet, mm. but you know, if if a uh, say for example, you went down, went on, kept on going down the line of say, you know, Tesco self serve, yeah, and you tell that for every shop, then if retail no longer becomes a viable job, many millions that put out of work in the UK, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always, uh, always think of. Um, I have a friend who refuses to use the self serve just because he wants to keep someone in job. Now I say he's, he's sort of he's fighting the tide. In that yeah, one, but I mean, that's that, that's yeah. That one man is not going to do. It. And and frankly, those machines are easier. <laughs> and similarly, that that same friend refuses to, you know, in in uh, certain restaurants where they expect you to kind of clear your own table and, and been, yeah. been, he refuses to do it. He says that's doing someone out of a job. Yeah. But I've talked to people who work behind those counters, and they think those people are fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's if they're asking you to clean your own table, it's because that person has already been done out of a job, yes, and they yeah. need you to clean your own table. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's just giving someone else a job that they wouldn't have to do otherwise. Yeah, um, and it's a shitty job. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, the, the the ideal, the thing that you know, everyone kind of always aims for is the notion that. You know, work will become a choice for people at some point. You know, or you know, or you will have the choice to do work that is interesting and valuable yeah. to you, as opposed to menial stuff that machines can do. Yeah. But it's whether or not that is something that you can live on, is yeah. a, or if we have to reconfigure society to well, the provide a basic income for everyone. And the, then, yeah, the universal you know, income is is yeah at least a one idea that uh, is it sweet. I always forget. Is it Sweden? Or Switzerland, or somewhere like that, is, is one of the Nordics. One of the the terrifically forward thinking Nordic Scandinavian countries are trying the universal. I think they get the equivalent of a thousand pounds a month for everybody. Yeah, but all you know, no, no free healthcare, no free travel. That's why like a beer is like sixty quid. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I would like that, and then yeah. I could keep drawing. I think. I mean, it's yeah. I I don't know. I kind of think to myself, what do normal people do? Because Everything is so expensive now. You kind of think, how do people survive? How do you know? Because we're, we're my aunt and I are on decent money, but she's part time, and I my income goes up and down and yeah. up and down and up and get down. And it's like, you know, we're always this close to the breadline. We're, you know, not breadline, but we're always. It's that thing where yeah, you're you get to, you get to, you get to the end of the, you get to the end, aren't you? Get to the end of the month, and you're like, oh, that was a that was a. 
yeah. a tight month. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Where are um, all the, the middle E jobs? I went straight from uh, like from school to a computer job to, to draw on comics, so I never really got the experience what people do in work, no, I in normal jobs. I mean, yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any formal qualifications yeah. really, unless anybody is looking for. Yeah, GCSEs. we knew that because you would like a, a a degree given to you, wouldn't you? you fucking bastard! Yeah. <laughs> Stealing my joke. You stole my joke. I d- anyway, I don't recall. <laughs> I don't have any qualifications either. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've got some A levels and they're very good. I I mean it's been great. I've been buzzing away on this for a long time. I've had no qualifications and lucking from one job into another one, and everyone going, "Hey, you're really smart and you're really good at this." <laughs> and me going, "Yes, it's good." And then, I, but now I feel like I've run out of luck, and it's like I've got to the stage where nobody even knows I need a job. So if I ask someone for a job, they'll, they'll go, "Do you need a job? Have you got a qualification?" I'll go, "No." But I did uh, that other thing. Everybody yeah, seemed quite thing, impressed. Uh, no, uh, we're our uh, work is having a website revamp mm-hmm. and we've been asked or we were asked to write like a little bio like a, yeah, a little b- bio person? about yourself um and uh so i said to something where i was like let me see let me see the other ones because i want to see what like i don't i don't know what to write i'm mm-hmm. terrible at this and i was flicking through all the things and they're all the ones that everyone who had put in theirs in already were all the new youngsters that we have all below kind of 25 mm-hmm who have been with us for like a year or two the new youngsters and I'm flicking through and it's like first class BA honours in film studies first class (laughs) BA honours and it's like sound production I'm going oh chance my arm yeah but but also they don't recognise that no one gives a shit (laughs) I know and what actually counts is the work you've done beyond a certain point yeah Yeah, also I think you'll find if if they were made to write in how much student debt they had, that's true. Below, uh, yeah. you know, below but it doesn't that, make it me feel be... good in my soul. No, I know. So I, know. I still would like somebody to give me a degree. Yeah, but I say say someone came out with a coloring degree, and oh, I couldn't be fucked doing uh, that. And f- somebody came in, so someone came into Yellow Moon with a coloring degree. Well, yeah. they still don't have any experience. Yeah. Whereas you've got you know nigh on ten years of doing this. You know, yeah. the degree will mean fuck all. You know? Yeah. I know, but it looks nice on paper. Whereas uh-huh. the AI that does it automatically yeah. <laughs> screws you out of a job. Although, to be fair, to be fair, I do take solace in they have their degree on the wall, and I have my two certificates from the Academy of Arts and Motion Picture Sciences. So, yeah, yeah. photocopy me a couple of those. Yeah, <laughs> work comes to you all the time because your boss gives you work to do yeah like, like it's you know i'm I'm contracted so any yeah. the, the, the stuff that comes in to him comes to me yeah um, I, I mean the work i get is sort of word, word what of you want is really, like an old kind of will eisner type studio setup yeah. where they have like a couple of writers and a couple of artists work, and to, they, they might that's the thing like i'm working nowhere near my capacity i know lots of other artists that aren't working near their capacity there are too many comic artists there's too many of us there's not enough work and it's really so. There's not enough like writers. I would have thought it would no, have been no, the other no, way. No, no, no. It's not about writers. It's about publishers, and it's oh. about it's people oh, buying okay. the stuff. Okay. It's like I mean, uh, that's the other thing. Like writers, you ask any writer, and they'll go, "You yeah, have about twenty other ideas here that are just sitting in a drawer somewhere that yeah. are, that have never gone anywhere." You know, because it's it's all well and good to get a have, have an idea and write out a story, but you need to find a publisher willing to to print it and they, you know pour money into it and get it into a shop. And then when it's in a the shop, then you've got to figure out if people are interested or not. It's like I've wasted my life, I think. <laughs> I, I just, I'm feeling very low on the whole thing at the uh, moment. It's, it's like my blood sugars are just, you know, flattening out because... Uh, I don't, the, the worst thing, the worst thing is, I've had a really good year, 
I'm currently gainfully employed and I'm going to a convention in New York and I still feel like, fuck, what have I done wrong? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like Where I'm not, even, I'm not even in a really bad position. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I just know there's a really bad bad position coming up soon whenever at the end of the year and I haven't filled in a tax form yet, um, self-assessment, and I've got to fill it in and when I fill it in, they're going to go, oh yeah, you owe us another five or six grand or something. I'm going to go, I don't have five or six grand. I spent it all on food. Yeah, um, going to New York, and <laughs> <laughs> but the, at least you know you say the end of the year. Um, you, there's still time. You're not like oh yeah, but I mean I I need, I need to find you know I need you, to find work. Yeah, I need get to get it work on. Um, but anyway, that's that's by and by. So uh, any, what have you guys done this week? Anything um, exciting? I watched Mandy. Oh, I haven't watched that yet because I want to watch it. Watch it. I feel like it should be watched. <laughs> I don't feel like I can sit and pay attention to it. You really have to watch it. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I'm not sure that you should, <laughs> but you, but it has to be something you need to put your eyeballs in oh, front of. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Have you not? No, wow. I haven't finished it quite okay, yet. Okay, because I watched it this afternoon. Right, I I'm about halfway through it. I'm about an hour in. I can totally see why you'd stop an R. An R, yeah, yeah. But I know. Uh, so basically, it feels, one of it feels like it's come from the same place as as films like Legion, or as TV shows like Legion and Maniac, which is on Netflix now. Which I, I don't know where yet. this came from because <laughs> it is completely out of its tree, bonkers. The, but the guy um, who wrote and directed it is. Panos Cosmatos, which is the best name. Yeah, ever. yeah. But he did a he did a film which I haven't seen. He's only done one film previously, which was about I think it was about four years ago or something like that, called Blackheart or something like that. That it, that was one of those kind of people, a certain type of people raved about it, and everybody mm. else didn't see it. Yeah. Um. But people in the industry say that he's a genius and all that. All that sort of stuff. So he got Nicolas Cage and Andrea Riseborough. Um, from your favourite film? From my favourite film. Um, Which is, what's Oblivion. Oblivion. <laughs> um, you and your Oblivion obsession. Uh, to make this film? I guess it's a film. Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. I, I, mean, the, I mean, right, from the, from the, the trailers f- that I've seen of it, from what, I've, from what little I've seen of it, it looks like a slightly more gonzo version of the Wicker Man. It looks like someone's gonna. It, gone, yeah, I'm doing the Wicker Man via Arjo Argento or something. It's, it's well, okay. It's, that's so, what so it seems like. Broad, broad canvas description of it is: uh, Nicholas Cage and his girlfriend live out in the woods somewhere, and then this sort of um, minibus full of um, this cult that follows an actor who is. Who is the son? Who is the son of the guy who plays uh, Ken Barlow uh, on <laughs> Coronation Street? Uh, Linus Roach, who up until now I'd never seen his cock and balls, but now I have. <laughs> um, so yeah, he plays this like sort of messiah type character, and these people are there to do, do his bidding. So it's kind of, um, you know, he and he he sees Andy Riseborough and decides he wants her, mm-hmm. and. Nothing good comes of this. Yeah, some of it, like again, I've only seen the first R, but I, I, <laughs> I the first R is 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 probably is the setup. Basically, it's yeah. two hours long, so the first R is the setup, and in that first R, some of it is terrifically engaging. Like, can't take my eyes off the screen as to what's going on, and then it'll immediately jump cut to 
something that is so painfully slow and weird and psychedelic. Uh, yeah, and lots of color changes. Speaking and, of color, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was watching this going. Someone's discovered lots <laughs> because the because the the look of it is just absolutely crazy. You know, yeah. like greens are shifted into like purple and yeah the shadows are all are, are kind of lifted and colored which is not a no-no but it's it is a definite look yeah that someone has went for um but then basically i what i'm what i'm hearing what somebody in work told me that it's the best thing he's seen in years and he just was mesmerized by the whole thing how many mushrooms did he have he, w- <laughs> he did say he was really high when he watched i it. could believe it because there's i was watching this going i think i need to be high yeah <laughs> this is have, the have you, you you don't do drugs you've never done drugs no though, and i you? think i need to be high <laughs> and enjoy this i mean i definitely at the end of it watching it i was definitely like well i've just seen something yeah I'm not sure what I've seen. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the end of it because the end of it is where basically Nicolas Cage takes a shit ton of ayahuasca. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like revenge. He takes a shit ton of ayahuasca and goes and fights people with a chainsaw to avenge his okay. his, his well, dead ch- Chainsaw is just one scene. Yeah. In fact, he actually makes this giant weapon in a forge that looks kind of like a Klingon batleth type thing. Okay. <laughs> and he... And he that's what he chooses to go and attack these guys Some, with. Somehow he becomes an expert in metal forging weapons. Well, that, his, his, that, his that... character is kind of nebulous. Is he a lumberjack? Is he a steelsmith? We, the we be- don't the, know. The best bit of it is whatever, shortly after the bad thing happens, and he, he goes to this luridly coloured bathroom and just starts drinking what looks like vodka, and all of a sudden he turns into Nick Cage, which is great, because <laughs> he just goes, No! Yeah. No! And he's screaming at no one in particular and sitting on the toilet in his pants. <laughs> and I was like, all oh, right, okay. Now we're in familiar territory. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is screaming. Nick well, I watched a, I watched a, an interview with Nicolas Cage that he did with GQ this year about his 10 most iconic roles. And he said, this Ooh, is... this is What it. are they? Oh, Jesus. Um, Raising Le- Arizona. Le- Raising Arizona, Leaving Las Vegas. Wild at Heart's got to be in there. Adaptation, Wild at Heart's not in there. No? No. Um, Adaptation, he's a different... Nicholas Cage actor in yeah so face that, off because I would say like if four of those are the same Nicholas Cage you know reason I was leaving Las Vegas yeah um, Peggy Sue got married oh that's a good one yeah I yes. like that film. yeah Peggy Sue got married I think is it, it's a really early one is he's got yeah. a really weird voice in it he yeah. sounds like this yeah um face off uh, Con Air um what's that one where he's in prison where he's in prison. There's a woman who's in prison. The Rock. Oh, bringing out, bringing out the dead. The Rock. Bringing out the dead. No, not, not the Rock. No. I mean, technically, he is in prison there. Yeah. Um, but the he Rock said, is a good one. It should be on that list. Yeah, it is really good. Uh, but he said that this is the, his favorite thing that he's ever done. I absolutely believe that. It looks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can tell he thinks he's doing important work. <laughs> I mean, the man got an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas, and no one's seen that more than once. Yeah. I would watch this again just because I'm not sure what I saw the first time going around. <laughs> he did sound in the, in the end of it, he did sound like he was a little bitter that he didn't get the Oscar for adaptation. Yeah, well, I mean, he, sounds like he was a I, little. I, bit I guess because, he says he did twice the amount of acting yeah. in that film. He said well, Meryl he Street, does twice the amount of acting necessary in, 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 in every in, film. Yeah. So he's done four times the amount of acting in this one. <laughs> I think Mer- <clears throat> Meryl Streep and somebody else got one for adaptation. Yes, uh, Chris uh, Chris Carter is it or oh Meryl Streep was in ad- adaptation. Yeah, was she? Yeah, I think she got best supporting actress. Chris Carter. I forgot no, his name. Chris yeah, Carter. I know the guy you're um, thinking of. Yeah, yeah. He sounded a little bit better that that he didn't get his 
for that one. I mean, um, Nick Cage has been in that same sort of bracket of actors like uh, John Travolta and Bruce Willis and uh, a few others where they've just started doing any film that's offered to them. Yeah. The pen- I mean, divorce, the pension plan has kicked in. and But mm. divorce will also... <laughs> D- divorce will make you a lot less choosy about yeah. your project. But this the thing is, every and now and again, tax. Nicolas Cage will churn out a real cracker in later life, which you can't say about the other two. Um, it's been a long time since there's been a, a Nicolas Cage film of a. No, I went to see one in the cinema um, about four or five years ago called The Frozen Ground with okay. John Cusack. Okay. And it's the. Uh, I haven't finished Mandy yet, so that this could be superseded, but it's the last truly great Nicolas Cage performance that I've seen, um, which is. It's a true story about um, Alaska's only uh, ever serial killer. Okay, but a guy who would kidnap prostitutes and then basically take them out what into the woods. John Cusack. All he ever seems to do now is I'm hunting serial killer movies. Nope. Not oh, in the, or not. I am a serial killer. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's always one or the it other. Is a, it is a very. It, it's almost like um like they turned up on day one and Nicolas Cage and John Travolta got together and went. You know it would be funny <laughs> if we switched roles. Rock paper scissors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but it also stars Vanessa Hudgens, and she's terrific in it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's the Frozen Ground is is I've kind of been banging on about it for ages to anyone who would listen. All right, I'll check that out. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to finish off Mandy. Um, it's just because yeah, it looks ludicrous. You've got to because I have to. It looks ludicrous. The only thing it kind of reminded me of is some of uh, Nicholas Winding Refn stuff. It, there is a bit of it, like certainly colors and stuff, and only God forgives, which where it really kind of goes for that, uh, um, the kind of red Isn't pink palette, the neon something, the neon, the neon demon, uh, and that looks like very colorful and bright. Yeah, the neon demon is a is a funny, but like I've enjoyed whether or not I've I've um, got his intentions or got what he was trying to do is debatable but i've always enjoyed everything that he's put out um and i know a lot of people especially the neon demon that divided audiences but i really enjoyed it mm. um whether i get the deep and meaningfuls not really sure okay um and that that only god forgives and he did one before he did drive called uh valhalla rising yeah which is just bananas in the best way possible okay. mads mickelson plays a um He's a slave of a Celtic warrior. Yeah. And they would get in the, the like the the very north of Scotland, I think. They would get these kind of fighting slaves together and the two clansmen would stand and watch while they fought, mm-hmm. basically, and he was the, the prize fighter. Um and he escapes and finds a another kind of group of people to uh, they end up on a boat just just to get the fuck away. Mm-hmm. They sail for far too long and end up on an, a land and they're not really sure where they are. Uh, and they all slowly start to go fucking mad because there's nobody else around. And Mads Mikkelsen doesn't say a word the whole film. He's completely mute. Excellent. All right, okay. Um, And there's a really nice little, not a twist, but like, yeah, kind of a little thing at the end that is, yeah, just really nice. It's a terrific film, beautifully shot. Every year I kind of go, oh, it's Halloween. I'd like to write a Halloween story. <laughs> I, I want to do a Halloween story. It'll be great. And then Halloween comes around. It's like, oh, right, it's I'm going to do a Christmas story. <laughs> It'll be fab. And then Christmas leaves. It's like, oh. So this year, I'm going to do a Halloween story. Okay. Right? Uh, and unlike previous years, I have actually sat and started writing one. So um, 
you and I did, Scott, um, a story with a character called Terran Omega, uh, a sort of last human in the galaxy 10,000 years after a war with humanity had, uh, and humanity leaves all these murderous weapons all around the universe, and she basically makes it her life purpose to go around picking them up and fixing them and stuff. That was the gist of it, and yeah. then we did a little story. And so I was kind of, I have a Christmas story with that character in mind. I remember I wanted the Christmas to do a story. Christmas yeah. story. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I want to do it. And I thought, do you know what? I'll, I should come up with a uh, Halloween-y story. So I came up with a halloween story. Okay. And I, and I, I, I want to, I think maybe we'll, we'll sit and, and write it together where essentially she answers a distress beacon and or finds finds a ship that's floating in space and goes into it and uh, meets a crew and they're picked off one by one by this weird alien cre- creature and uh, finally it's revealed that what what the crew don't tell her but what what happens is the the crew are pirates and have been pirates and been terrible uh, people and who um, say people aliens and they've got this kind of thing that looks like an egg so the idea is you're thinking it's aliens. And then right at the end, she reveals, she finds the egg and she finds all the dead bodies of all the crew that have been picked off. But they're all desiccated, like they've been there for a thousand years. And she sees the captain's body as well, and he's the last person left. And then she realizes what it is, and what it is is this thing um, she calls a soul eater that will torture, uh, will kill you, and then torture your soul until you confess to the things that you've done. And that's what's happened to the people on the ship. That's why every time somebody somebody going, I'm really sorry, I, I wish I hadn't done that, then the monster comes and gets them. And and so she kind of goes, and she deactivates it, but leaves the captain on the ship and says, um, your punishment is to be left on the ship as a ghost. That's it. Grim. So it's a grim. Is, that one, is it grim? I think, well. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> is it grim? There's, a, there's a, an object called a soul eater that tortures your soul forever. Yeah, but I mean, it'd be jolly, like uplifted. <laughs> Although you have just spoiled it, yeah. Well, I've spo- but right here's the thing: I, I this isn't for anyone. This isn't mm. going to be for sale. What about soul molester? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be for anyone. Yeah. It's, it's just a kind of it's it's an exercise for me to write something. I mean, you we I, I emailed you the the um, what do you call it the Archimedes Steel story? Which, yes, which um, which I am still working on. You're still working on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> what are you working on? Because I I sent you a script and said I haven't finished this. It's yeah, me, and I I've been sort of not doing anything with it. But yeah. have you been doing stuff with yeah. it? Have you been churning through it and writing it? And yeah, I'm, like and I'm not I'm not like I'm not super far on, but I have like I have. This I is interesting thoughts. because as writers, you would, th- you know, if we were going to co-write something, you'd think we'd communicate, but apparently yeah. we don't. What no. happens is I go, "Hey, do you want to do this?" He goes, "Yeah, all right." And then he does it, and then he goes, "Here." And I go, "What? What? I forgot what we were talking about. What is this?" Um, no, there was just there's just things that are that maybe are fine, but in my head, whenever you told yeah, it yeah. to me originally, yeah. I I had differently. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what works better. Well, so, and sometimes what's, I, um, I find that. Um, like so, you, I, the, way, the way it works for me, right? The way it's worked for me is I kind of think of a thing, a topic or a thing, and start extrapolating out from that, yeah. and then kind of figure out lots of stuff of how that would all work, yeah. and then I have a kind of overall shape yeah. of it, and and maybe a mood or a feeling or something, and and then I kind of start thinking about well, where's the cliche in that, and how can I overturn that, yeah. or if there is one, um, how can I make that the something f- different? Than the first than thing it that it I c- that I kind of go through is when I where w- that I went through on this is dialogue. That's on argument. You have steel, yeah. yeah yeah you yeah. you you use a lot of mans yeah mans mans okay. 
And yeah, I, no, I mean, but that was a draft zero, though. Yeah, That's no, I know. Zero, and so and this, isn't, this isn't a criticism yeah. of, of yeah. any... Um, of so, I, so, I, so, I, so, I, so I took out all of those. <laughs> all of the mans, okay. Um, man, man, No, man, there, man. there's nothing... Like, that's like a twitch, probably. I was yeah. probably putting it in without even realising. Um, this sounds natural, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Um... There was the, the the ending thing that I sent you the the first note oh, yeah, about. Oh yeah, that's a brilliant. Note. Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant uh, note. which I think is a much better. Yeah, I, um, I don't want to spoil this story. Uh, no, because yeah, I think yeah, something, this other could, one, something this could other be one done I, with this one. Yeah, this <laughs> something could be done with that one. Um, you know, this one, the the um, what do you call it? I think we've. Have, I don't know if we've board. talked about it on the show before. The, no, no, I, but it's probably better. It's probably better. Well, I haven't because I haven't because of where I wanted to pitch it to. and and I wanted to pitch it first, and it didn't go anywhere with it. Yeah. Um, and it was like, well, okay, so now I know what I'm going to do with it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the plan is to kind of write it up and draw it and, and do it. Although it's it's a spy thriller that is maybe a bit flat without it being... Oh, no, let me, right, okay, so it was a Bond, James Bond pitch. Yep. Um, the publishers of Bond weren't taking pitches and said no. And so I've shaved off the serial number so it's not a James Bond pitch anymore. Yeah. But the, the, the thing I have in the back of my head is now that it's not a James Bond pitch, who cares? You, do you know but what I mean? That's a, that's a but you I think it's still a good f- story. Yeah, no, tell. it is. It's yeah, uh, th- and but you could say that about like um, anything. Yeah, about any kind of of the really good yeah. spy thrillers that have come out. Like I'm trying. Uh, what's the one from Oni Press? Queen and Country. Queen and Country. Queen, that's yeah, my favorite yeah. spy series. Yeah, like that's that's. I mean, and that didn't come from anything. That yeah. didn't start as an as an original or start I mean, as a, a start property. As, oh, it's James Bond. Oh, it can't be James Bond. Ex- well, we'll change it. You know, but you don't know. You don't know where yeah, it's. True, you know, yeah, uh, but what I'm saying is, it. But it is a terrific, yeah. kind of hardcore spy thriller yeah. that isn't a James Bond thing, but has still managed yeah. to find. And you know, we're not saying that you, I think you're going to go away heart, and write a, an ongoing series about it. But I think my heart for a is good, in sci-fi and ridiculous, over-the-top stuff and less yeah. less grounded real. Why but can't I, it be spy-fi? Spy-fi. <laughs> well, that, I, I genuinely did think about that. I thought because it, it's quite a straight Bond. It it was quite a straight Bond story. Uh, with good little twists and stuff in yeah. it that that sort of overturned, but things. none of those things had to be the only th- the only reason that it had to be Bond is because it was the best chance of getting it published. There's nothing well, inher- there's no. nothing inherently in the story that ha- that no, means that not, it has to be not. Bond. There's not. There, there is um, that thing apart though. from the fact that you're worried that people won't care that yeah. it, that it because it, because it's not Bond. Yeah. But I don't think that that's well, something that no. I think I think I've, a I've said not this to before about about properties that when you're working, you know, people talk a lot about oh, I got to play with the the toy box yeah. of, of Marvel or the toy box of Dread or whatever. Yeah. Um, the thing that you get when you're playing with those toy boxes is you get all of this unspoken stuff with a character yeah. that, that is already there and yep. inherent in the character. Like if you're doing a Bond story, you already know Bond's a misogynist or whatever. Yeah. So the moment that you turn that around in some way or play with that or or do something at the edge of that that's very subtle that, that kind of suggests it's not quite as, as it seems, it has a resonance. Yeah. And it has that resonance because, the, you know, because people are bringing their own expectations of that character to it. When you're when you're not playing with that that toy box and you're playing with a completely new character, then you can't just go. It's you have the to work a little bit. Yeah, you have, you have to, to work yeah, a little yeah, bit there's harder. A bit, there's a but little bit more setup required in, yeah. o- in order to to put that character in a position that that you can play those games with it. But at least this way, you can make Bond's boss black without being called a cuck online. Well, that is true. <laughs> you that can is call true. him John Regent. John Regent, <laughs> like Why? Regent Street and Bond yeah, Street. Yeah, Regent and Bond Street. Oh, that is a good name, though. Yeah, to be, uh, yeah, because because to be honest, I do hate the name. Yeah, I can be just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I um, was reaching. I was reaching for something that would be. 
don't because it's got it's too close to Remington Steel. For yeah, me. Oh God, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but what? But actually, something that you just said there reminded me that about when you said spy-fi. Talking about genre crossing, there's a trailer that I saw this week. Did anybody see the trailer for Prospect? No. Which just looks like a western in space. Oh, yeah, it looks wonderful. I mean, the phrase western in space has been used so often, I'm but not this, entirely sure this... why you're excited about it. Well, what, what, other, what other film would you Firefly. call it? Firefly? I've never seen Firefly. Really? Yeah. I've well, seen Firefly. Serenity. I've seen the movie, but I've never Firefly seen the series. Firefly is so western in space, it has fling outdoors. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, apart from apart from Firefly on the spaceship, apart from Firefly, which I haven't seen, um, (laughs) and and the whole second episode, I think, was like a a train takedown, wasn't it? (laughs) I can't remember. I can't remember. Should watch Firefly. It's really good. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, But But anyway, anyway, this this trailer just looked. What's it called again? Prospect. Prospect. Yeah, and it's about these people who go. They go to yeah. They literally go to mine alien. Yeah, artifacts, um, and then well, that like sounds, I'm, I'm in, except I know films like that are almost always terrible. That That's is the true. Problem that, that like films, they, cowboys they, and aliens. Yeah, yeah. cowboys and aliens. Yeah. Anything that goes that that you go, oh, this is the sort of shit I would love, and then you go, and it's and, and it's, it's inevitably, uh, what do you call them? It's in it, Vin Diesel in it, and and you go, oh no, this is not something that's good. Like the Predator movie, I was so excited. Uh, I, I, I just can't go. I, I can't be arsed going to see it now. Yeah, no, I'm not kind of put off it as well. Since finding out there's an actual predator in it, <laughs> is that, is that what did it not, for you? No, not not anymore. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was quite looking forward to that, and yeah. then I, I, I read all. I just thought that was the twist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it's almost like I, I've got a thing with with films that I don't want them to. It's like I expect that genre of of sci-fi kind of adventure type. I don't want it in film, you know. Or, or if they're going to deliver it in film, deliver it in a way of something that I've never seen before. Always bring I, me a new yeah. thing. Don't give me something that I've seen a hundred million times, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think genre mishmash stuff that works quite well on a page, like Mooney's Half Past Danger. Yeah. Would come across as corny yeah. on screen, yeah, or, or pastiche danger, or knowing, it? you know, always corny or pastiche. But anyway, well, we'll, we'll do. Uh, look, I mean, we'll, I'll, quick. we'll we'll talk about writing at some yeah, other yeah. La- later date. We should yeah. get and together. And to be, yeah, and I think that, like it might be it might be interesting to once we kind of hash it out to talk yeah. about the writing process. process because I think once it'll we be, do some writing process, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should get a writer on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happens, right? As uh, Scott. Is almost like it's like an engine with no starter, and I'm yep. a starter with no engine. Yeah. So as a team, we're good. It might be interesting actually to get Declan on, on this. You're, you're more like a trunk from, with no from art to writing. <laughs> yeah. You're like a trunk with <laughs> nothing in you. I'm just stroking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> having a nice time. Okay, so what is everybody picking this week? Our last our last couple of picks of the week have been. Pretty popular off the hizuk. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, I uh, will. I go first because if I don't, I'll, I'll forget. Because <laughs> if I don't, I might literally explode. Um, uh, right. So we're we're going to talk about our classic next uh, yes, next week, next, week, next, yeah. right, next episode. Um, but the, watching the classic, which was the life and death of Colonel Blimp, yes, mm-hmm. threw me down a rabbit hole of World War Two movies. Okay, uh, and and they're really hard to find. World War Two movies to watch, um, and um, so 
I was watching anything I could find, and because I'm drawing this World War Two book at the moment, I thought, well, are I'll you talking it. about movies that were made around World War Two as well? I'm talking about films made around, as opposed to 19. contemporary movies. Yeah, I mean, about I, World War II. I have in my head. This is a stupid. I realize this is stupid. Even now, at 48, I still, I, I still half think it. Like a, like when someone tells you Santa's real, and then you eventually find out he's not, and you go, but he is sort of a bit, isn't he? I, 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 I've, I thought in my head that a film. Me, you know, that is set in 1843. As long as it's black and white, that's when it was made. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so that's the struggle I've always had. Like for me, a World War movie, two movie that's in black and white, was made exactly when it was filmed. You know, it's it's exactly when it's set. So that's the struggle I have. I can't. I I, I can't. It's hard to shake it. It's so ingrained. Uh, uh, it, it sounds like my. Um my rationalization for Star Trek in my head. Which is? Well, they're all just actors playing our stuff that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's Galaxy Quest, is it? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like, that, that explains why, you know, why the technology is over 1960s and the 60s one. That's just the best thing, the thing that they had to work with. <laughs> but this stuff really happens in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Okay, well, that's that why Discovery looks better. Well, that, that makes <laughs> me they are just a, actors, but this stuff really yeah, happens. That makes me feel less mad. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I went down a rabbit hole looking for World War Two stuff, and what I found was one of the first things I found was a film called The Cruel Sea, which is on BBC iPlayer. Fantastic film. Okay, and and it's it was made as a it was, I think it was nineteen forty two or something, yeah. and it is uncompromising and bleak and really really good really I'm a good. we'll talk about we can talk about this more we'll be talking about this more this next week when we're talking about Colonel Blimp but I'm amazed that they were making films in the when during the war the, well, alright the, the youngster Department of Propaganda was a very you know uh, uh, yeah very important part yeah, of, of I mean, the war well, effort, we shouldn't know? get into that now because I think it'll be interesting to talk about next week but I, I was amazed that, that that was a thing and then yeah we'll talk about it next well, week well I mean you didn't grow up the way I did in BBC Two used to show all these films all the time. No. So I mean, there'd be you know you could. I grew up. I grew up with sixties and seventies martial arts movies from Channel Four. Okay. That, that was his culture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, what was your pick? The Cruel Sea. The Cruel Sea. The Cruel Sea is my pick. It's still on the BBC iPlayer okay. uh, for for a little while at least. So I recommend going and watching that. And it's it's really good. Jack Hawkins as a as a kind of I do like Jack Hawkins na- naval commander um, who gets assigned a boat and the uh, the crew that come on board that sort of follows him and and that crew over the course of. Uh, a couple of years, and and they go from you know, hey, this is jolly hockey sticks to war is hell. You know, okay, it's really good. It's good. I mean, it makes an interesting counterpoint to that other unfeasibly nearly as long as the actual Vietnam War movie that we watched. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? The deer hunter. The deer hunter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, that's my pick. What's your pick, Scott? My pick is a stand-up special on Netflix. Um, oh, I've watched loads of stand-up specials. Oh, Netflix, really? So bazillions of them. Yeah. So which one? It's but they're probably quite good to watch while you're drawing to listen to while you're drawing. They are because they yeah. just chatter and you don't yeah. need to watch Pay them. too much attention. Um, I uh, the stand-up special is Bert Kreischer's Secret Time. Is he which, the guy who goes topless? Yes, at some he point? is the guy I who goes seen topless. That one, but um, I Bert Kreischer is a stand-up comedian from Florida, I think. He has, uh, basically, when he was in college, uh, Rolling Stone wrote an article about him and called him the number one party animal in the country, and Oliver Stone bought the rights to his life and made the movie Van Wilder. Oh, right, okay. Uh, but uh, by the time... By the time There's the so m- many things about... I mean, I know all of that's true. 
Yeah. But at the same time, so much of that seems like a like a Cards Against Humanity random draw yeah. or something. Yeah. But I think by the time... <laughs> Oliver that Stone made Van Wilder? They I pitched mean... <laughs> the movie with Oliver Stone and then they turned it down. And then one of the writers on the movie like changed a couple of bits and then pitched it to somebody else and then they went with it. So he ended up getting no money. Yeah, like apart from the money that he got for yeah. buy, you know, buying the rights or whatever. Anyway, he has... If you look at, uh, up on YouTube, he has a story that ma- basically made him famous about when he went on a trip to russia when he was in college oh, and see. got I've involved in the I've russian mafia with the russian mafia yeah. and robbed a train yes i've heard um, that and that story kind of went viral and 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 now he's done a couple of stand-up specials he was really big it's really he's really funny he's a really good storyteller and he's one of those people where just things just weird happen happens, yeah, weird, yeah. Shit, weird shit just happens to them uh and his laugh if all he did was stand on stage and laugh for 45 minutes, yeah. I'd still be in stitches because his laugh is just infectious. It's really it, good. It doesn't sound to me like you have a high threshold for quality on stand-up, no. so <laughs> you don't mind me saying? No, I like a good infectious laugh. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, can I, uh, I, at one point I did the pick of the week and it was um, the uh, Good Vibrations and I believe you went to see that. I did go to see that last week. Yeah. It was excellent. You seemed quite, like when I said Good Vibrations, you were like going, is that what you're picking a play no one's going to be able to go and see well no you can see the movie too but yeah. you were quite shirty about it well I, I guess because it's a limited run and because this this content is supposed to be evergreen <laughs> okay the, I kind of thought well that's, that's not something that's going to be relevant in two months time but um, I think you're right I think the play probably will go on to have a life beyond this initial run mm. um, it's excellent I, uh, I, I can see them very easily remaking that film Closer to the stage play, and it's 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 not well, without precedent. That's I, happened. I, I will say that I think I enjoyed it because it was a stage play, yeah. and because the the music and the action was all happening right in your face. Yeah, uh, it's a much more powerful sort of rendition of that story than I found the film. Yeah, uh, because I, I don't feel like the the energy of of punk really comes off the screen it, ne- it never comes off the screen yeah. for me i have to I have to it has to happen in front of me yeah it's it, also i mean as a weird thing there's a, there's an incident in in the film in the life of um of it where john peel turns up and on a stage play you forgive that it's not john peel it's one of the actors coming on yeah. being john peel you forgive that in a film you kind of go that guy doesn't look anything like John Peel. Even though you know it's not going to be John Peel anyway, it's still going to be an actor. I mean, I, I, have, my, I, have, my, I have my issues with the Terry Hooley narrative as it is because it is kind of a... A lot of it's bullshit and a lot of it doesn't really... Yeah. Isn't really the way things happened. But Yeah, it's a very Rashomon kind of... Yeah, <laughs> but that's not really the point. The point of these stories is to tell the story as Terry Hooley remembers it. Yeah. Which is which is still a warts and all type account, you know, yeah. and he's by by no means is Terry Hooley the hero of Terry Hooley's story, no, no. you know. But at the same time, um, I was watching it and I, I laughed. I was moved to tears at points, and I was uh, completely transported by it. It was uh, it was awesome. There Loved you it. You should go and see. Yeah, it. I, yeah, I really should. It's on it's until on, the sixth. Two more weeks. It's on to the sixth of all. Yeah, yeah, to be one more week of it. On, on if you're in Belfast, go see it. But I think I mean I'm pretty sure it'll it'll get it'll go somewhere else. I, you know, I, I think I think the reviews and all have been so good that I cannot imagine that it's not going to get a run in Dublin at least the yeah. Ab- the Abbey or somewhere like that. Yeah, and I could see it transferring to the West End. I could see it. Going yeah, it, well, it could certainly do. I, I think it should certainly do a UK tour. Yeah. Um. 
obviously it's an easy sell in Belfast. Yeah, it's a Belfast story. It's a Belfast cast, but it's a uh, it's something that I think everyone would get something out of. You know, yeah. um, as long as you don't mind lots and lots and lots of swearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite which a, you know obviously yeah. I'm fine with. But um, my pick is a bit of software again. So, well, it's nerd, not, it's not always <laughs> software. Um, yeah, I know. Sometimes it's aroused. Sometimes it's hardware. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, Pixelmator Pro, which is a just a, it's a art. Basically, uh, it's an art package. It's a it's a Photoshop an- analog. It's currently on sale for like thirty quid, mm-hmm. and it pretty much does about ninety five percent of what anyone needs to do in Photoshop, yeah. but without the monthly subscriptions. Yeah, and it's a it's a really good bit of software. It's kind of a unlike Adobe stuff. It's all built on Apple's own sort of core. Yeah core image software so it's really fast it's really really um powerful at doing certain things um yeah so that's that's it's, and it does a, have an ipad port doesn't it there is an ipad app there is yeah yeah there's a and and because it uses a icloud storage anything you make in the ipad version yeah. will automatically get synced across to the desktop version okay. uh it's a boring little pick but i use it all the time and just saw that it was on sale this week so thought i'd recommend it all righty all right. That's our show. Okay. Thanks we'll for joining us. Week. We'll see you all next week. Oh, uh, before we go, please leave a review. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review. It's very important for uh, us to have reviews because we're deeply insecure. Just for our ego, really. <laughs> Just, <laughs> no, uh, iTunes uses it in some way to decide a factor in whether we're, we go up or down in charts or something that, yeah. that gathers more listeners. Yeah. Um, I feel we have a broader opinion. I think, actually, genuinely think our biggest problem is how do you describe what this show is? And I don't know how to do it. I don't know. I Every week I think, how do I tell people what our show is? At if anybody has we were, any ideas, please tweet Yeah, if you have any idea us. what this show is about, let us know. Um, like when we were doing the comic stuff, I could go, it's a comics podcast. Yeah, we deviate and we talk around and we come back. But it's a comics podcast. So you could hang yeah. that hook on it. Now it's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a slice of life podcast. It's a slice of life. You know, we've we've got we've got things to say about stuff that's happening in our lives. <laughs> it, it feels like even I'm not that interested in that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life, and I'm not that fussed. Uh, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show, and please leave reviews and let us know what you think this is about because I have a fucking clue. Okay, bye. There's dark and a troubled satellite. There's a bright and a sunny side too. Darkness is dry The sun is out